Hello and welcome to Beyond the High Podcast. Uh, I am your uh, substitute uh, mediator uh, of the podcast, which we've got quite an exciting number on today. Uh, we are going to be talking about James Borrego uh, and the effect he's had on the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, and we have two members to, to talk with. Uh, we have James Boo, uh, a normal resident uh Aussie, and uh, we have Filippo Barassi uh, to kind of uh, discuss a little bit uh, about Borrego's impact uh, on our team. Uh, yeah, do you want to do you want to say your own name? Or thanks for having me. Do you want to just? Oh, it's a it's a pleasure to be having you, Filippo. Uh, yes, my name is Pete. Uh, yeah, not I'm Sophia. A, not Sophia. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm currently on my. Uh, my girlfriend Zoom, and yeah, rather, so, so, yeah. rather perturbed uh, when I just joined the chat and didn't say anything for five minutes. Anyway, Scott, yeah, we'll um, just do a, a wee, uh, a wee refresher. Uh, our, a lovely head coach, Mr. Brago. Uh, he is uh, 43 years old. Uh, he had done stints at Spurs, Pelicans. Uh, was briefly interim uh, head coach at uh, the Magic, uh, and then. Went on to went on uh, May 2018 to join the Charlotte Hornets as the head coach. He has uh, a win record of 43% uh, over those three years, uh, and he's currently 16 of 17 uh, so far. Uh, I'd say specifically to the team's rating so far, it's got like a net rating of uh, minus 0.98, which would be 20th in the league. Uh, 15th wow. uh, of offensive rating and 21st defensive rating. Uh, so I think we'll just launch in. We've got a combination of questions uh, from uh, ones we've uh, ones we've made ourselves uh, and also ones we've taken uh, from a bunch of uh, people and questions. Uh, so fingers crossed if you submitted the question, we'll get to it. I think we'll start off with a general first question is how was how has Borrego been? At player development, what do you reckon, guys? Um, I, I might start just because I've got my mic on, and I'm not going to be that negative. I think uh, no, nah, but like seriously, um, yeah. So JB, as we uh, affectionately know him as, he, he's definitely known for development, and the players all talk about how he helps player development. Um, I think. I think you, you really, you know, we haven't got access to the 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 inside stuff here. Um, so we can really go off his uh, on-court results. And I think with Borrego's time here, pretty much every player has developed on-court, you know, uh, fairly decently. Um, I've got a few issues with... I've, I've got a few issues with um, certain things. Like, for example, I think while the offense this year, I think it's been phenomenal. Um, I think he has a little bit of a, like, he seems to have a fairly strict, like, you're either a ball handler or you're a screener handoff guy um, in the offense sort of thing. And I'm just wondering if that's perhaps missing out on opportunities to develop Miles and PJ, if, especially if you look at other young ball handling forwards right now, such as, like, DeAndre Hunter, uh, 
Baisley, who's actually not playing that well, but he's still getting touches. Uh, even Siakam in 2018-19, like, you know, to start the stat season off, he was not the Siakam we know today. Um, but, yeah, like, I think in general, most guys have uh, developed fairly decently under him because he has a pretty nice um, just offensive philosophy, I guess. Uh, he appreciates ball movement, um, you know, which is really good for development. So I think overall he's been, I think he's been pretty solid, but like I find it like hard to judge him too harshly in either direction uh, in the play development front. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think he's been pretty good at that. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, you know, with James here. Um, And one thing I want to, I want to talk about, uh, it's not just on JB. Uh, player development is, um, you know, a huge part uh, of organizations uh, in the whole NBA, and it seems like the Hornets are going to push on that. And it's on the whole staff, and he has a good, a good, uh, you know, coaching staff with him. And we saw that with Jay Hernandez uh, down with the Swarm and other pieces of of the of that coaching staff. So. It's much more of a team structure and and not just on JB. So it's not that easy to to say if player development coach or not. But the the, uh-huh. the results right now are are pretty good because as James said, um, every player that entered uh, from when he was hired uh, just got better at something. So he's trying to push those guys uh, out of their comfort zone. Uh, and try different things. So you, we can see that we have a lot of examples. Uh, Devonte has been, you know, the, the a pretty much clear example of that. Uh, even Terry sliding to an off-ball role, and even Malik playing with a lot more the ball on his end and driving the rim. We we didn't see that part of those players, um, you know, before. Uh, his arrival and before his system and before his player management uh, in, in this regard. So, uh, and when we talk about Miles and PJ, uh, I would I would really like to to see them with the with the ball um, in their hands more and driving the ball more and playing a lot on the perimeter, the drive and kick game. And he tried to do that a little bit, you know, with PJ, the thing is. Yeah, um, he stopped doing that because um, the the Zeller injury and then the Bismarck situa- Biombo situation. He got to play the five, and when you play the five, um, you usually are not going to drive the ball that much uh, if you need to be uh, near the rim and if you are used in a different way. And with him and Mice too. Um, with the starting of the season, uh, they are still not consistent at driving yeah, the ball. So yeah. uh, even if uh, he is trying to to think about that and to think about different schemes with that, uh, a lot of times they start driving and then, uh, you know, people stunt uh, near the, yeah. the free throw line and then the ball uh, is either a turnover or they need to stop driving and yeah. kick out without creating any type of advantage. And you can see that even with, with our guy, uh, with Jalen McDaniels. Uh, <laughs> he, he tries he tries yeah. a lot. I was um, going to say, driving. like, he's an example also of development even within the last month because, like, you know, I was really critical of us sending him to the G League, but after he's come back, he's just 
He's played so much more aggressive, you know, and I think his technique on drives is a little bit better too. Like the handle is still, you know, it's still kind of iffy, but um, he gets low better and it's a lot more physical on drives. So I think I posted a clip on my Twitter, but yeah, like his drives have been, he's looking to uh, push the pace and transition, um, attacking transi- transition even, and it's actually really good. So yeah, so yeah, as Felipe was saying, no. you know, down the whole roster, even Biombo, you know, most people thought he's a lost cause, and he's he's still not really a good player. But um, like his development skill wise, you don't really expect to see that from a twenty. Well, he's he's drafted in what twenty eleven, so I don't know his exact age, but he's no spring chicken anymore. Yes. Yeah, and, and even with Jalen, the the sending on the G League really helped him, and he was doing that. He was driving in the G League, and yeah, still, yeah, yeah. In the G League, he was losing the ball when driving a lot, a lot of turnovers. So, I mean, just keep on. And that's the the, the philosophy uh, you can see with the organization right now. Those guys, and even JB, and even the whole staff, they are learning by doing. Uh, And with that, uh, a lot of errors, a lot of bad games, a lot of losses, and everything is fine. They are just learning. Everybody's learning. I think but that's overall, a, yes, I like I like the the work they are doing overall. That was superb. Uh, I think that's a, a really valid point. Uh, it is quite hard to differentiate between Borrego and the entire um, organization and yeah. um, the coaching staff in a way that they've used Greensboro, but he is pretty much the head of the snake, so it all kind of filters back down to him. Uh, and so far, we've seen very promising results. Uh, we're going to be answering a fair few questions through this, but since uh, we look at player development being such an important factor uh, in this franchise to 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 reach relevancy, um, it is it has been quite promising so far, I think at least. Uh, we will move swiftly on to uh, actually a, a question uh, from I think their name is NBA Discussion. Uh, they kind of did a two-parter. Uh, First part uh, is how does Brego leverage Rozier as an off-ball shooter? Um, I think that's asking how uh, how yeah, Terry's um, offense. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Terry's current offensive role. Yeah, uh, and how it's been used as such. So do you want to just get going with that one? Do you want to? You can, you yeah, can start, please. Felipe. Okay, so. We were talking about Terry, and we we briefly talked about that uh, even before. Uh, I mean, credit to to JB and the whole staff at recognizing that he uh, needs to to be playing off the ball and without a ball on his end. And we are we also that uh, he's not a great creator. Uh, he's not great at creating advantages when he has the ball on his end. So the less he does that, the better it is for the team. And the the, the this process started, uh, you know, this, at the start of last year and is continuing right now uh, for this year. And if we go back to one year ago, he was the starting point guard of the team. So a lot of uh, a lot of things on the court changed and on the way he's being used by the coach. So a lot of off-ball movement, trying to be, you know, coming from pin downs and uh, out of the DHOs, shooting the ball a lot. And right now he's shooting really good. And I mean, he's a great shooter. Yeah, he's a great yeah. scorer. Um, I like the way he's being used. 
and because we are really you know in need of one player that can do that and if you see the work that the heat uh did last year with duncan robinson uh every team needs a player that can stretch the floor in that way and be sprinting on the court and on the offensive side trying to you know create some advantages advantages just moving and creating his shot like that coming out of pin downs and blocks and things like that so i think that he is um you know quite useful from now um i don't know if we can say that right now um we need him to play that much because he's playing a lot of time he's having a lot of play time uh but it he is also uh, you know one of the few guys on the team with those characteristics uh he's uh, jb is trying to to use malik uh with some uh, scheme like like terry so he's coming out of pin down sometimes and use it off ball sometime uh he also tried that with devonte but those guys are not you know uh good as terry is doing that so terry has been you know uh changing his style and changing his mind and his attitude too uh in order to play off the ball and he de- he did that great great to jb and the staff and to him you know into the switching i know james uh you know uh-huh. i know what you think about terry uh, uh-huh. there there are things that that you know need to be addressed but he is getting better and i know we we'll see no, what sure. what he sure. he will be doing you know this year and even you know next year if he's if he's not traded okay well um uh just for up trading uh, um Okay, well, I'm just going to skip past that, but I still think we should trade Rogier. But if you look at um, the like whole NBA three-point makes stats, Terry's 12th, um, and he's actually one behind Duncan Robinson, who, um, who Filippo mentioned. Um, I think, yeah, so I think something, to, something I actually get quite frustrated about is we don't run him off enough like flare screens um, and down screens. Like, so we do pin downs, but... The thing about Terry is he's actually, he's so skilled. Like his handle is so good for a shooter. Like his handle is better than all those shooters. You think about Duncan Robinson. And I think it's even better than like a Terrence Ross or Tim Hardaway Jr. who also get a lot of on-ball volume in addition to the off-ball stuff. Um, so he's not really, I feel like he's not really, like he, there's a few actions that JV has designed that involve Terry running hard off a screen or um, some kind of movement, catching and just immediately firing. And the thing is, I think he's really good at that. Like, he's got really good athleticism, DCL rates well, uh, nice footwork. So I feel like we should do that more. Um, what we do with Terry right now is, yeah, a lot of pin downs and stuff to get him going downhill uh, because he has that good handle. And a lot of, like, spot-up threes. Obviously, like, you know, he'll take a fair few, he'll take a couple of pull-up threes, um, transition threes, that sort of stuff. Like, you, you can't get to 7.6. You can't get to 3.3. 3.3 threes made per game with just shooting spot ups but i think i think the bulk is still mainly like spot up sort of stuff even though and yeah i I think that's a good thing like maintaining a fairly clean like shot profile like he's not taking too many block threes he only takes them when he's like hot which is really good um on the on ball thing i think i feel like in the most recent games especially terry's on ball usage has actually gone up a bit and but I think in that way, it still manifests Terry's improvement. Like last year, Terry Rogier, he was just, 
he didn't he just didn't know how to play like he um he wouldn't get the team into the right sets he missed all the reads um he take too long time too long on the ball like he dribbled too much and not make decision uh this year i feel like he's just he plays so much more like just direct and just smarter like I think he's so much more aware of his limitations, like, and he's, but he's also better at getting the team into sets. Um, so it's not nearly as disastrous as it was for honestly all of last season uh, when he does get the ball. It's still not the best. Like, you can see his court vision limitations. He really can't make interior reads for the role man. Um, his best pass is like this premeditated skip pass that the defense can always like snuff out. So it doesn't create a like really clear advantage. But, um, yeah, I think so. Basically, to sum up, um, I need more, like, for him to really have a long-term role in this team, I need more, like, like um, actions to get him threes off hard movement, the most difficult ones without the ball, because that's something that Devontae and Malik legitimately can't do. I think what they, what he's currently doing right now, I feel like Devontae and Malik could do Probably not at 44%, 3.3 makes it per game, but I think at a slightly lower level. And I think when you take into account all the other negatives with Terry's game, I think that would be worth doing. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Terry Rogier is absolutely like a, an absolute, a great example of how Bray was helped with play development because he has been just so much better this year than last year. Yeah, I think that's... Um... Yeah, really good. Look, Even though he's a negative player. Sorry, I'll uh-huh. just get that one in. No, um. Don't worry, we'll edit that one bit out. Maybe slide in a, a few more compliments, uh, see how the rest of the rest of the discussion goes. Um, so the second part to this question, I think, can be wrapped up fairly quickly. Um, and it was, do you think he knows, uh, this is Borrego, uh, do you think that Borrego knows that Miles Bridges and Mello uh, a very good combo. Um, I feel that's probably <laughs> uh, a 20-second each response because yeah. uh, I think it's quite apparent that uh, Borrego most, most definitely does. I think this is... I mean, yeah, like he brought Melo off the bench with Miles for the first whatever, however, so many games. And, like, when they check into the game together, like, you can see, like, a lot of pick and roll. Like, so, yeah, I would say, yes, they do. He does know that. Um, yeah, and then I guess for maybe maybe NBA discussions asking why um, Miles isn't starting. Uh, and to be honest, Miles should be starting ahead of Biombo when in the games that Zeller is out. But um, that's just a Borrego thing, you know. Like you can you can kind of see why, but I, I don't think it's right. Um, but yeah, like Miles, like JB staggers his ball handles a lot. Like Hayward and Melo end up playing a lot, even when starting, they play a lot with the second unit. So, yeah, I would say yeah. Yeah, and probably he wants to to stay with that. Uh, Miles coming off the bench, so he's starting. You know, tonight Jalen started, and then Cody Martin started the, yeah. the game before. So he wants to to keep Miles coming off the bench because he's no he knows a lot. Uh, how that helps him, you know, going to the flow of the game and with his consistency and with his aggressiveness and even, you know, being a step against even worse players sometimes. So that helps Miles uh, a little bit. So he's not going to make him start. 
And I think that he recognizes that, even if Melo is now a full-time full time starter, or I hope. <laughs> no, I think you're pretty safe there. Uh, yeah, um, I think that's very well covered. Um, I think we'll go on to our next question uh, from the floor. Uh, it's go heels number one, uh, and he wouldn't very much want yeah. this to or heel he or her very much wanted to discuss uh, us to discuss uh, defensive schemes that Borrego has utilized so far this season. Okay, um, yeah, let's talk about that and uh, evaluating this type of decisions by JB is even harder than before with the player development because a lot of. Um, what we see with this league right now, uh, it is a player league. So when you have good players, everything is it's fine, it's That's better, true. and it's much more easier for coach, for staff. And then and there is a clear example of that, that uh, is uh, the Indiana team right now. They are, um, we currently over, overcame them, but they are having a good season, even, if, even with that uh, young new coach. Uh, because they have a good a good amount of good players, and with JB and his defensive scheme, uh, you don't know um, how what he could do uh, different from what yeah. he's doing right now. Because a lot of players, <laughs> okay. a lot of players right now in the Hornets just can't handle uh, a dribble penetration when the the opponents are attacking the rim, and these happen for. A lot of players with Lamelo, with Terry, with uh, you know yeah, Devonte when he plays, and if you don't stop that, I mean everything is you know it it starts to get worse because you need another players to help out of him, and then you need another players near the rim to to pack because our centers are not providing any type of rim protection uh, with Biombo or oh. Zeller either of, on one of them playing. So you need kind of three players near the ball uh, for you know yes, every yes. type of player that is driving the ball. So even if like last night, Corey Joseph was driving to the basket and you still need three people to stop him. And then he kick out and we allow a lot of uh, three point and wide open three point because we start running on the perimeter to recover that. But uh, it doesn't have any any type of de- of decision because if our player can't handle those uh, dribble penetration toward the rim, uh, we also need always to overhelp like the way we are seeing right now. So if we had a better rim protection rim protector and a better defender at the perimeter uh, near the ball, uh, it would be a lot easier for JB to organize our defense defensive scheme. And right now uh, things are going, you know, quite good because uh, he want to, to, in this way, he want to protect the rim and do not allow uh, a lot of pain touches. So we are allowing a, uh, 18 points, kind of like that. Um, no, 45, uh, near 45 rims. So we are in the middle of the table uh, in the league. So with those personnel uh, as a player defending, we are doing a pretty good job, even if the three point uh, is quite open. And I don't know what he could do more. He's trying to do a lot of zone two. So 
I don't know if you, James, have some idea about that <laughs> and what it could do to to avoid this um, opponent scheme against well, us. Rager is a coach that subs Rogier out for uh, sorry subs Malik Monk out for Rogier, so he thinks Rogier is a better defender than Malik Monk. I feel like like that is just I don't know what to say about that. Like that's just uh, uh, like like on ball, off ball doesn't matter. Like uh, switchability, like there's just there's absolutely nothing honestly on tape that suggests Rogier's like maybe Rogier specifically. If he didn't have to navigate any screens and he was only against tiny point guards, I think he does play fairly well. But like he like on straight up drives last night against Fox, he had a couple of stops. You know, he got beaten a lot, but he also had a couple of stops. And anytime you stop Fox, honestly, is a pretty good achievement with how he's playing. But um, like he just <laughs> this comes back to my biggest issue with him, which is rotation decisions and just his personnel, like which pers- personnel he just decides to use because you can see like the zone with PJ was clearly just, it was one scheme that could get yeah, like contain dribble penetration as Filippo was saying, um, whilst playing all your, your best offensive players on the court. Cause it was, it was Devonte Terry, uh, Hayward, PJ Miller. I think that was one of the, the main lineups he used zone with. And that was clearly four guys who can't contain dribble penetration around PJ. So it was just limiting the amount of drives they had to contain. Um, I think JB is like a super creative coach. Um, he tries everything. Um, and I think that applies in defense too. We've seen like zone, we've seen man, we've seen switching on through five. We've seen, I think in general, he wants to be more aggressive. Like that's why we still kind of like trap blitz a lot, switch a lot. And I, I like that. I, I really like that about JB. That's one of my favorite things about him. I like his kind of modern philosophies, but like, just like, like, for example, like, yeah, like the Malik thing, um, it gets a lot easier to play things like Blitz or Switch um, or any scheme if you have another good off-ball defender instead of Rogier, who kind of struggles with the scrambling out to shooters thing. Um, and I think it would help with Melo's development too. Um, it helps when you got, like, uh, like, you know the Marta twins. Um, they're um, like I think Cody's played well the last few games, by the way. But um, like they're so they're like Cody Martin, especially. They you can tell there's like good defensive processing inside them, but they're kind of chaotic, just scrambling onto perimeter too. And I think part of that might be Borrego schemes. It seems we're like a lot more aggressive, helping at the rim uh, this year. Like you know, just stuff like stunts, um, strong side help, uh, that sort of thing. It feels like we're more like pushing that this year um but with those guys like instead of like Jalen for example I think Jalen's very actually high high IQ when it comes to closeouts like he won't you don't see him overcommit too much but I think that's a weakness of the Martin twins but you know yet he went with the Martin twins ahead of Jalen to start the season so like I think I think ultimately what Felipe said about the personnel thing you know if you have good players it's easy that's that's 100% true like that's you can see that with almost every coach um but um, I think Borrego could honestly be doing a fair bit more to just play the better defenders, especially because I, I don't think there's really like the, I don't I think it's a flat out offensive upgrade to go from Rogier to Monk. I don't think there's too much of a downgrade to go from Amanda to him to Jalen, if if not an upgrade just like Monk to Rogier. But um, yeah, so you know I'm not the biggest fan of Borrego's defensive schemes. I think like I could see why he's doing them, but like I don't. 
yeah, I, I, I don't think he's, he's done that well, to be honest. Uh, just a follow-up there. Do you think um, if, for instance, we fielded all of the rotations that you think the most appropriate um, that we currently have on our roster, rather than acquiring talent, that his defensive schemes uh, would have merit? Or do you think uh, it's that the defensive schemes themselves are defunct? I guess the defensive scheme being predominantly uh, trying to contain uh, dribble penetration uh, and limit points uh, in the paint uh, and focusing on digs and stuff to to get up, get back out to shoot get back I out mean, to shooters. I think it's a bit of both. Like because last year I remember like we were trying to blitz last year with Terry Bacon Miles as the one two three and like none of those guys are good off ball defenders. So if you're blitzing. You know, with those guys, you're just getting killed, basically. So I think Rego, there's probably a bit of, like, development um, he wants to do with his games, potentially. Uh, but I think, like, he, like, like, yeah, again, back to what Felipe said, like, personnel is an issue. Like, like you know, there might be some off-court stuff in the league that makes him not be able to play. But Jalen, for one, offensively, is kind of a little bit limited. So, um, yeah, but ultimately, like, this game, the schemes, I think, are... are are quite problematic in terms of optimizing your personnel, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with the the last part. Um, we, we he could do something better uh, with the the time management with with their team, and I think in the start of the season he wanted to uh, give the the priority to the, to the offense. And especially in the first part, the offense wasn't flowing at all. Uh, the first games, we had a yeah. lot of offensive problems. So he's going to, 90 times out of out of 100, he's going to have the best offensive player there. And then, you know, just play defense with, with what we have. And that's what the zone is telling us to. And yeah. with Jalen, uh, I would really like to see him a lot more because... Even these last two games, he had some defensive possessions. Yes, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> that yes. were, for real, incredible. When yeah. he starts, when he's engaged, and he was engaged a lot these two last games, and he starts slide his feet, and you, no way he's gonna, you're going to beat him yeah. uh, because he is really oh. long. And that's what, that was incredible. And that's the thing that we need right now. Even if it is for 20 minutes, 20 minutes a game, 15 minutes a game, that would provide to us a lot of, you know, um, better net rating, you know, getting a better position to win games, uh, even if he plays uh, not that much. Fantastic. Uh, so this kind of comes into uh, quite a bit uh, of how we view Borrego, but how this is from Lucas Kaplan, and he asks, How do you view Borrego's ability to read on the fly? Uh, for example, making second half slash late game adjustments. Okay, so if I'm going to start with this again, uh, yeah, this is could be probably uh, one of his uh, biggest weaknesses right now, um, and it's probably because, um, I mean, I, I don't want to be uh, annoying, but it's probably, again, related to personnel. But uh, when he 
uh, we had uh, a lot of situations, uh, especially this year, with those type of little series against uh, two teams, you know, night in and night out. And with the Pacers and with Toronto, we had, and he didn't show a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of adjustment uh, skill in that regard. And a lot of, you know, change of pace that our team has uh, during games is a lot related to effort, a lot related to executing offense and things like that. So it's not even changing the way we play offensively or defensively. Um a li- just a little bit. So I don't know if if he could have uh, you know different players to go to and players that are much more skilled and then can do you know different things. He would probably do that. I don't know because I mean we saw him with this roster and this last two season. Uh, I don't want to to judge his first season uh, yeah. talking about adjustments, but I, I mean it's. Quite too early, but right now uh, he's not shown that he's not proven that. I mean, he will get, he will get better, especially if we if we start you know trying to uh, have some playoffs games. Uh, he need to do that because the best coach the coaches at the playoff level uh, are that the guys that are you know changing yeah. the way they are playing uh, yeah, and yeah, trying sure. to be. That yeah, way. So. exactly. I mean, that's what we saw last playoffs. Um, Nurse, Steven, Spolstra, just going crazy. Like, I think they showed their at least adjustments wise the three best in the in the game um, last playoffs. They were just going crazy with that stuff. I think Rego, so I mean, he's creative and he's got a bag. He's got all different kinds of lineups he can go to. So, and the thing is, so we've seen him like construct good game plans for specific opponents, like versus Milwaukee. Like, I don't think we've won too many games uh, with Brigger at the helm, but historically, like, scheme-wise, we've done well. Like, and I guess, like, a lot of that's on PJ for, like, shutting down Giannis pretty well. But, um, but like, a lot of that scheme, too. Like, Brigger's first game, he absolutely had a masterclass in stopping Giannis, um, uh, that 2018-19 season opener. Like, it was just perfect scheming. So, like, I think he's capable of it. Um, you know, again, like me and Flip are probably a different bit here, but I think I think he's got the personality to play much better defense. Like, you know, I think his team is honestly pretty good. Like, especially I didn't expect Lamelo to be this good, obviously. Um, but now that he's been good, Hayward's been good. I think this team is like a, a very like a, a legitimate good team. But you know, it's not really playing to that level at the moment. Um, yeah, adjustments wise, I think there's been a few games where our our our, our you know beyond the highs, the very own JNA one Joseph Nation in his game notes has just remarked a few times that you know Brigger didn't adjust, other coach did. Um, I I think overall I'm not too like equipped to evaluate adjustments and stuff. It's tough. Um, he does, as Felipe said, seem to make a lot of those kind of energy subs. You know, Martin's been seen, and I don't, I don't mind that. Like you know. I think energy as a whole is kind of, you know, overstated in the NBA. But for this team, I, I don't really mind it because you can, like, you you can tell, like, the, the game does play different on defense when you've got the two Marta twins in. Um, you know, they'll do everything, and that kind of can, yeah, lift guys. I, I don't think – I think the impact the Marta twins have on the other guys is, yeah, again, a little bit overstated. But I don't mind that, like – Subbing some guys in for energy, um, it's good, especially with the no fans and stuff. Um, 
was kind of expecting the modern twins to play a big role. Uh, yeah, so I think Brego overall is capable of it. I, I don't think he's a good adjustments coach either. Um, but yeah, uh, he's capable. He's got a bag. He's got some good lineups to go to. So yeah, we'll look forward to a playoff series hopefully with him and see how he goes there. I think that'll be a real, you know, actual tangible um, evidence to kind of judge him on. So I was surprised that both of you were, were on the harsher side here. Um, I think, um, well, as of two weeks ago, uh, I have no idea where to look up the stat, but um, Hornets were actually had the best defensive rating in the second half of, uh, of games, which would speak to him making uh, adjustments uh, at the game. And uh, Hornets are currently the clutchest team in the NBA, as per Okay, some well, statistic I, I don't understand. Yeah, I'll Those adjust the question. There were two two things uh, which you can kind of say is things that a coach has a much larger influence on uh, than I think regular play or uh, stuff where you can actually no, no. make uh, changes. Not for real. Clutch clutch net rating, like uh, as Joseph Nation said, like Jane said a few times, like yeah, that's completely random. Um, I know, like, it feels like it really should be something that the coach has influence on, you know, with play calls, with lineup decisions. But, you know, it's it's random even, like, even, like, if you did first seeds, like, championship teams from the last 50 years, if that's all you did for club rating relative to the bottom team for the last 50 years, it would still be random. So, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about the other thing. Uh, uh, oh, no, actually, that is, that's pretty cool, though. Like, second half net rating to be good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if his adjustments. I don't, I don't think Borrego really makes that many adjustments, but um, it's a good thing either way. You know, probably good halftime motivational talks. Yeah, something like that to me <laughs> uh, too. I don't know if that's a lot of, you know, uh, when we talk about adjustments, uh, uh, first of all, I think about schemes adjustments and how do we look on the court. So, and the things that we are saying with the with the second part of the game with the Hornets, uh, it's a lot related to the th- the fact that they are younger. Uh, they are a lot young. They are one of the yeah, youngest team in the league. They don't yeah, they got legs for real. Have them for bench. Uh, I mean, when you when you look at the bench, you have a lot of second rounders. A lot of guys that you know didn't still have played a single full season, so uh, it's not quite you know easy to to have adjustments. So here it relies a lot of uh, on energy and the mindset that our team has. So if we start the game slow and that happens uh, the majority of the times, um, it's because we are young. We don't have consistent players out of some. You know, we have a lot of players that are not consistent and that are not, you know, giving to you the same performance every night. And that's what separates uh, the, the best teams in the league and the rest of the league. So when you have uh, five players, seven players that are consistent players and they are going to play, you know, every quarter, uh, every first half of second half, uh, you know, the way they, they should, and the same way, producting this productive the same way, that's when you have a good team in, in, in your eyes. 
but that's not our, you know, our our case because we rely a lot on effort and energy. And I don't know, he could be a good motivator on that. But I won't call that uh, an adjustment by him uh, during games. Yes. Okay. Uh, do we have time for one more question? Phenomenal. I think we will go with so far. For this season, what would you grade uh, Borrego for Borrego B? Okay, so we're going to use a scale of of 10 because we don't know how if the listeners or, you know, even the we joined this part, uh, what scale are we using? So I'm going to have for JB a, scale, a grade of seven and a half out of 10. So okay. uh, that's... I don't know. That's not that high. That's not that low because I see that he can do something different. He can, you know, do something better, and he's still growing. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna give him that high of a rate uh, because we are still uh, below the fifty percent victory mark, and we still had a lot of rough games and a lot of rough stretches. So I mean, he can get better he's done something good uh but he can he can be better as uh, as the season goes and you know as the years i hope uh come along and with the with our young team improving too so that's the grade i, I would like to to give him for this first half of the season uh it's not that it's not uh, it doesn't been you know that easy uh, with the whole COVID situation and everything, and also uh, yeah. remembering the, that he stopped coaching uh, March 2020 uh, because of that, and a lot of coaches out there had a lot of more time with the guys, with the bubble experience, with the playoffs, yeah. and that's not quite easy. Also, with that little time of training camp uh, that we had in the start of the season, so give credit to him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, no doubt. I think the fact that, like, well, I feel we're definitely one of the more, like, connected teams. Our offense our offense is honestly pretty awesome. Like, everyone's clearly on the same page. Um, that's a credit to the coach. And we know because, like, the first game, like, it was beautiful in some patches. The first preseason game against Toronto, like, there was some really nice patches. But there were also some patches where it was a bit, you know, choppy. So the fact that we're playing such a nice offense right now, that's 100% credit to Borrego. Um also, I think for Lamelo Ball, uh, the like I think a lot like Lamelo's been brilliant. Like he's growing every game too. So especially the recent games, a lot of it is just Melo his own skill. But I think especially to start the year, you know, we know Melo he had some rough games to start the year, and I think a lot of that, uh, a lot of him continuing to put up numbers even at the start of the year was you know really good play design, really good personnel um, around Lamelo. So I think Brego, the like I think yeah, like the fact that Lamelo is currently the rookie of the year favorite, I think Brego can take a lot of credit for that. Um, and yeah, like yeah, all that Felipe said at the end there was pretty good, like pretty correct. Like Brego's had a pretty tough situation, and I think he's um, he's actually done quite well. Uh, like I've still got the same issues he has with like constructing his own rotation, and you know certain players that he likes to use. So I'd probably give around like a seven, two, but 
he's done some really fantastic things uh, this year. I think this year's by far been his best year, like as a coach. And I think it really just manifests what Felipe was saying about personnel. Like, I think he wrote a he wrote like one of the best articles I've read, Felipe, on our uh, Brego's offense to end last year, and that was with two Martin twins playing like fifty minutes a game between them, who are not the best offensive players, and Jalen and Miles and PJ. So if you, and no Malik either. So that was literally just, I think it was only Devontae as a real ball handler, but we played some really fun offense. And I think this year you can really finally start to see it come, you know, with Howard and Lamelo coming in. Um, you can just see Ray's just gone into his bag. There's been so many fun, you know, offensive sets that we've run, so many good offensive stuff that we've done uh, with Howard and Melo especially. So I think, um, yeah, again, just really manifest what Felipe was saying about personnel. So if we can get, and I think we've got, yeah, we've got some good offensive uh, personnel that we can lock up for the future. You know, we've got Devontae who can, we can keep probably pretty easily. We've got Malik who's restricted free agent. And then you've got Hayward Mello obviously locked up. So, yeah, if we just um, – yeah, I, I look forward to the future with um, Borrego if we can keep this, you know, most of this current core because it's clear that when you give him ball handlers and offensive talent, he, he can do some pretty cool things. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I I will say the 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 guy who there's there's a guy who wrote a piece on Borrego calling him a superstar coach. Uh, I, I I think you can probably chill a bit calling him a superstar coach based on some nice offensive actions. But the offensive actions are they are one hundred percent they are elite. Like yeah, I, I think our offense the offense some of the offensive coaching Borrego does is absolutely on par with like Spolstra, Red Stevens, like some of the things, not all of it, but some of it. So, yeah. Terrific. A seven out of 10 and a seven half out of 10. That's um, yeah, probably considerable about, improvement. Like, yeah, five marks, higher than you, five marks higher than you would have expected, hey, Pete. Very mm-hmm. much so. You're a changed <laughs> man. All this time has uh, been, uh, it's a bit, it's been good for you. Uh, <laughs> or oh, is it, is it, is it supporting the Kings has like raised your appreciation? Okay. That's of... another thing like about, okay. I'm just, I'm just going to say it like, yeah. Like seriously watching Luke Walden team and watching uh, Ryan Saunders team. So they were two of my teams this year and they're two of my favorite teams and they are really just like Rego. Like, I don't think Rego's like that good um, relative to the NBA. I don't think he's that bad, but uh, no, I think he's, so I think he's not the, yeah, I would have him lower on the NBA scale, but I think the step up from a, a Walton or Saunders to Borrego is, is absolutely massive. Like it, it, it's so big, like, so in that regard, yeah, um, I guess, but bro, don't worry. Next time we get the, the, the gang back, I'll, I'll go back to being negative. So. Ah, fantastic. Uh, something, something to look <laughs> forward to. Well, uh, uh, thank you for uh, two uh, lovely co-hosts today. Uh, James and Filippo, I thought they fucking smashed it talking about Borrego. It was fun to to get back and get it get back on the horn, Hornets bandwagon and talk about this stuff again. Um, I guess we'll uh, we'll uh, pack up shop, get this all edited, uh, and out to you guys as soon as possible. Thanks for having me, guys. Ah, no worries, Filippo. Pleasure to have you, man. Hopefully, you can do this again. Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs>